Good evening, everybody. Welcome into episode 15 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? John, how are you? Splitting headache, but here. Ooh, splitting headache. That sucks. That Wait. spaceship takes off every time. That kills me every time. That's, that's <laughs> I'm not saying it's the best part of the show, but it's a good part of the show. Well, John, thanks for powering through and uh, showing up this week. A lot of this stuff isn't possible without you, so kind of need you here. Yeah. Right, you're not just saying you have a headache to get out of sex, are you? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you're a married guy. You don't you don't get that reference? Come on, what are you talking about? I'm gonna say yeah, that's that's an old reference or old. Yeah. Uh... I know, but this is a podcast with three dudes. I digress. <laughs> uh, get Fiddler. I'm going to need some uh, clarification on that, but how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Uh, get Fiddler is uh, my favorite term for guitar player. Uh, I'm a big blues uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, and there was a he did like a DVD with his uh, mentor, Albert King, and uh, basically, he just goes, "You got, you got the, you got the makings of a good git fiddler." And I'm like, "I like that because it, it's longer, but it's, it's kind of stupid." But if someone calls you a git fiddler, you're getting it done. Okay, well there you go. See, I, I couldn't figure it out, but guitar. Think now it makes sense. Right? Did you did you uh, did you guys have guitar class in high school? Did you do that? No, no. not really. They had like music class, but that was for people who it was like you band. know, yeah, right, orchestra. Okay, yeah, we actually had it. It was I did it for like two years in high school, and the, pretty much the best, I, the the most interesting day was one of the seniors who was a really good guitar player. He forgot his guitar, and uh, he was getting irritated by some annoying freshman punk who annoyed everybody. And that day, he didn't have his guitar. He had nothing to do. He was trying to quit smoking. And he just went over and punched the kid and then walked to the office very calmly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's no guitar and no, no nicotine. Um, and you're a senior freshman are even more annoying. So don't, don't antagonize someone trying to stop smoking. Probably good advice for everybody. And don't start smoking kids. That's the better advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's PSA that. Well, uh, before we start the show, I was going to throw it out live on the air. Uh, Thursday was my birthday, uh, but also my twin brother's birthday at the same time. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Uh, but I was going to give a shout out. Happy birthday to Nim Fu, who I see is listening this evening, uh, co-sharing the same birthday. And Do you remember to call him? Because it's hard to say you forgot because it's the same. <laughs> yeah, I figured... I would wait to the podcast and throw it out there because, you know what? It felt more special. What can I say? He doesn't want to hear me talk. What? Well, that's what a lovely birthday present, not hearing Chris talk. And also getting mentioned on a world-famous podcast. So what a thrill. <laughs> that is me. You get it. <laughs> it's, that's better than any gift could give. That this, I mean, because billions of people are going to hear his name. And it's going to be a big charge for those billions of people who are well, i assume are watching listening yes we will wait to see what gifts roll in 
Mm-hmm. And if it says like, you know what, if we only have four people, that's just fake news. That's what that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's more than that. It, always getting brought down. That's right. It's big, big corporate. Right? They're trying to take. They're trying to keep us from down from getting too big because they don't know how to handle it because we're all independent. Ooh, we're not run by a big oil man. Okay, that was your hippie <laughs> moment of the day. We're fused relativity. Exactly. We, you know what? We're gonna solve global warming. We don't know how, but maybe we'll put on a jacket. Something. John. Get on it. All right. Uh, so we decided that this week, I think we're going to eh, jump around a little bit, kind of like we did last week, and just bring up some stuff that might interest us at the moment. And I know John's got some education stuff he wants to talk about, but I think I'm going to jump in first because I need him to educate me. And... Basically, I just need to know, what is a super-Earth? So it's, <clears throat> and, and I'm, as I told them before, uh, it, not 100% on the exact definition, but it is a planet in a habitable zone that is larger than Earth, but smaller than a gas giant, I believe. Something to that effect. So if Jupiter is a gas giant and Earth is just a, you know, habitable planet, it would be somewhere in between those two? Yes. Oh, no, sorry, not not gas giant, ice giants. So Neptune, Uranus. So far away from the sun, the colder ones. Yeah. It, it just, ha- it's, it's essentially just a planet that's habitable that's bigger than Earth. Now, why just and why do they call it Super Earth? Like, it seems like Earth should get its own name. Like, is our is like our planet? Uh, it's it seems like it just has a separate name. I don't know why is it Super. I'm assuming because it's bigger. Super might be the referring to. I'm guessing now that you've mentioned it, I'm assuming Super just means bigger than Earth. Yeah, bigger than. Okay, all right, that makes all right. That would make sense. That's you know what that checks out. I'm gonna fact check that. Like Superman. Yes. Just like Superman. Okay, well, I read a story this week about apparently they're doing some research on exoplanets that are, they're, they're looking and saying they have water. They are super Earths, which we just discussed. And uh, they're rocky planets that are orbiting not a traditional sun, but a red dwarf star. And they're looking at them as possibly being habitable zones for us to, you know, migrate to. And when you say they're rocky, we're not talking about Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> right? Yeah, no Balboa. No, okay. I don't think so. But uh, I lost my train of thought on that. Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> so... And we kind of discussed this a while back when we were talking about aliens and and the like, but there's billions of stars just in our solar system alone. And in theory, each one has planets, and in theory, each one has a planet in the habitable zone. 
uh, it just kind of, I mean, most stars should have at least some planets that are at least somewhat livable. Did we say so, habitable zone? Are we talking just temperature? Goldilocks, like, yeah. So it's just in the, the zone where it's not going to be too hot like uh, Venus or Mercury, and it's not going to be too cold like Jupiter and beyond. Because I believe Mars is technically in the habitable zone. The problem is it is it doesn't have any tectonic activity, so it doesn't have the the magnetic fields to a keep the atmosphere in and b well mostly just keep the atmosphere in. Because if it had an atmosphere, it had it would have liquid water and likely have life. Mars is cold as balls. That's because it doesn't have an atmosphere. And it's only cold at night. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. Why would it be the helicopter wouldn't survive in the day if it was as cold? Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, so the average temperature on Mars is 57 degrees. No, that's Earth. That says 81. Uh, Yeah. I'm almost positive that during the day it's at least warm-ish. Yeah, I meant it's just like a like a desert. Like in the in the at nighttime, it, the cool it drops off, but then as soon as the sun pops up, it heats yeah. up. I'm it's, it's, it's I'm just imagine it's an extreme version of that. Yeah. So Mars is high and lows. It's high as eighty six degrees. It's low as two negative two hundred eighty four. Ooh. But that's Yikes. that's because it doesn't have the atmosphere to trap. A, trap the heat in, and B, um, it is farther away, so it doesn't get as much heat. So if it had the a thick atmosphere like Earth, it would be able to trap the heat and maintain a temperature, or a more decent temperature. It would still be a whole lot colder than Earth, but it would still be potentially livable if it had the atmosphere. Anyway, if it's that cold, would you like at nighttime that the, the bottom temperature, like if you put your tongue on the dirt of Mars, would it like you'd stick to it like ice? I mean, it would it be that? I mean, that seems like it's colder than ice. Negative two hundred eighty-four, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you'd, I, basic, like a... you'd basically flash freeze if you went outside in that. But if you look at Earth, if it had an atmosphere and it had its temperature was at least somewhat relevant or somewhat stable. You would still potentially have life if it um, if it was tectonic, because if you look at Earth, I mean, we have penguins and all sorts of stuff that live in Antarctica. Yeah, or the, and just the weird stuff that lives at the very bottom of the ocean with like no yeah. light and that that amount of cold. Yeah, life can find can live in some weird, weird places. There's slugs that live next to uh, oceanic vents that have i want to say iron but i could be wrong in their bodies right like can you imagine like the bacteria like forming like in the armpit of chris's undershirts like that's <laughs> got to be horrible i don't even like that you know there's yeah we haven't, si- we haven't... <laughs> nice uh we haven't done that in in a little bit so there you go yeah it's it's it... It's a running gag. It wouldn't be a Fuse Relativity podcast without some references to Chris's odor. 
Well, the the uh, exoplanet that they were talking about, John, it was. Um, they said that it was an atmosphere. It had an atmosphere, and the temperature, because of the distance from the dwarf star, was they said an average of about a hundred and thirty degrees. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, 130 is hot, but yeah. it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it's totally far fetched to say that humans could potentially adapt to that in some way, you know, hold an umbrella, something like that. Well, I mean, yeah, well, well, oh, go ahead, John, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Kirk. Well, I was I was just getting like I'm from Phoenix. I just the 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 hot the the high soon is 115. So. Like we're already people are already living damn near. Yeah, 130 doesn't seem that far off. And they're just I watched a bit in the like just basically they're uh, painting all of the roofs white just to save on the amount of electricity needed. Just because if you have a black roof, it's just gonna fry under the sun and get absorbed, so your AC bill goes down or just stuff like that. So like the guy was actually saying we're gonna be innovating for the temperature rise coming for other cities soon. It's like we're almost the the leader of figuring it out how to live in this ungod, un, ungodly hot. Well, heat seems to be more easily adaptable than cold. I mean, yeah. you could you can do things to stay cool easier than warm up in the in the extreme cold. So that was where my brain was at, thinking, man, we could potentially fly to and see about habitating one of these exoplanets but the problem is did you happen to see how far away that exoplanet is uh i want to say oh man how far is mars uh 20 light minutes no that's to earth I was thinking it was 90, 90 light years, I want to say. Yeah, which would take us thousands of years to get to. Wait, oh. Did you say the phrase light minutes? I've never heard that before. I've always heard just light years. Is that a thing? Yes. Um, so the uh, it's, I think, an easier way to think of distance. Because humans in general... You know, we, we focus on small numbers. We can quantify small numbers. It's much harder for us to quantify large numbers, like the difference between a million and a billion. Um, sure. At a certain point, it becomes overload. It's just, I, yeah, you yeah. can't even, like, I, I can picture a 100 hun, a penguins. If you tell me 700 billion penguins, I, I, there's too many penguins. I, yeah. I know what it's that, you know, that, yeah, right? So if you, um, another measure of scale would be, like, light minutes. So it takes light from the sun to get to Earth eight minutes, um, which would be eight light minutes because it's light speed. So if light takes a year to go, you know, it's ridiculous amount of distance, it only takes eight minutes to go to Earth. Whereas I want to say the, the distance between Earth and Mars is about 20 light minutes. It takes... So would you just light minutes is it's easier to understand for shorter distances? You know what I mean? If I you're still assume. traveling, is that what? It, okay, okay, that would make sense. Because if let's look at, um... I don't even really understand light years, so I think uh, I'm just gonna go with what you say. <laughs> yeah. So the distance from Earth to Mars is 217 million miles. 
again, that's, a... that's something that's hard to quantify because you can say, you know, I know what a mile is. I wouldn't be able to fathom how big 217 million of them are. Right. That's that's a long road trip. That's a lot of pee breaks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you stocked up on jerky for that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to have the <laughs> snacks with you. You got just just for something to do. Just it's honestly like if you're driving for eight, nine, twelve, like just the boredom. I think it's just like to keep your 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 because you can just zone out, especially if you're on the highway and it's straight. Man, you can kind of go on autopilot too much where you're like, oh wow, okay, what was the last twenty minutes? I wasn't paying attention, but I'm still driving eighty miles an hour. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was kind of my question on that. I mean, I know we 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 like to talk about the idea of you know, going to Mars and habitating there. And and part of my intellectual process was we're looking at Mars, but Mars isn't technically the most habitable spot. Yes. If we could, well, yet. But if we could find something that is considered a super Earth that's in a habitable zone that's not super cold at night, that we don't have to go bury underground to survive... Why aren't we looking there first? Distance. It's all distance. So, well, yes, Mars is our closest technically planet um, to get even the closest star, which is eight light years. I think that's, it's either, I think it's Proxima Centauri and not Alpha. Um it would take with our ships if we were to build a ship and send it now it would take thousand years just look at the um voyagers they've only just gotten out of the sun's sphere of influence and they're still you know nowhere near uh where it is it's it is kind of hard to think about the distance that those Voyager satellites have traveled considering they're flying at, you know, thousands and thousands of miles per hour for three decades at least. And you're saying they're still not out of the, or they're barely out of the sun's sphere of influence. Holy crap. Yeah. So here, th this brings back up my, my other point. So Voyager 1 is 14.1 billion light years away from, or light, not light years, sorry, billion miles away from Earth. It is only 17 hour, 17 light hours away. So the, uh, I think my, I think my brain just sizzled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> It, at a certain point, like, I don't know, does anybody else make the analogy? Like, it seems like, because the, the, these things are just going out and exploring this vast, huge nothingness. But, like, back in Columbus days, do you think they, like, guys and ships were kind of had a similar mindset of, like, because they really don't know what's out there and they're going to try to go gra gather new information, but it's kind of a crap. Or do you think people back in the day were like, why are you going there? It seems scary. Don't do that. Or do you think it was... I don't know. It, it just, the well, vastness of it, it just seems, it just has multiplied. It's just gotten much bigger. If you look back on Columbus, his his goal was to find India, because he wanted a faster way to get uh, spices. 
And right. they kept telling him, no, 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 there's no reason to go around the world. We already know the path to India. Um, He's like, there's got to be a quicker way. Well, there's always like, there, yeah, there's got to be a better way. It's very much the uh, uh, the commercial, the Ron, Ron Popeil guy, the, you know, the shopping network thing. I wonder how infomercial. Pit- I wonder how pissed everybody would be if it turns out that the Voyager is just one really big game of like Pong up in space. <laughs> eventually, eventually, the Voyager satellite's just going to get knocked back the other way. Oh, is it like dink? Dunk. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the level of the technology. It's just really, and it really hasn't it hasn't progressed much from after Pong, except for just video games, but NASA only uses that. <laughs> right. Well, uh, switching gears, John, I, I had another, I had kind of a um, listener request this week, and I'm going to throw it on you to see if you can explain in words, because this is a podcast, how to level the bed on a Ender 3. We're talking about 3D printing and how to level the print bit. So, right, John, before you do that, can before you do it with words, can you uh, at least attempt it through interpretive dance? Because I think that would be more. I lo- through word. What other? Yeah, he's going to do a smoke screen. I'm okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um. So as I was telling Chris, I am not the best person to ask for this because I wimped out immediately and bought the BL Auto Touch for my Ender Three. Uh, but. The way that it was dis- or shown to me uh, through YouTube is using a piece of paper and manually adjusting the – I want to say you bring the head down to the center of the table, make sure it's it's nice and level there, and then you bring it to all four corners with the piece of paper between the nozzle and the bed – and adjusting the bed on each corner until the paper just barely catches. Just like a normal piece of paper, not some fancy space computer, just normal. Okay. Yeah, just a piece of paper. So so essentially you're just lowering or raising the bed to make it so that the nozzle just barely grabs the piece of paper on each corner? Yes. I imagine it's a little trial and error there too. It seems a kind of like a delicate thing. I imagine yeah. you might okay. That's it. That came out. That's a little too high. I got to lower it. I imagine it's it's a lot of back and forth. Well, and the problem we had with ours was that the the Z end stop uh, was too low, and the nozzle never reached the bed even completely um, with the the springs on each one of the sides completely undone it just wouldn't reach the bed it was a known issue with enders and the solution was just to break off a little tab and move the zn stop up or down so that it the nozzle could reach the bed um and then i mean i had it working then and then i just chickened out and bought the bl touch because i'm way too used to presses auto leveling to well, and just it as as a guitar player, it seems. I mean, tuning your guitar, you can try to learn it by ear, 
Or you can just get a snark tuner and like when the, it gets in the right and then you know you're good. To yeah. me, that's what it seems like. It's the it, same thing. Like you could fiddle with it. And if you can tinker, if you want to do something intricate, I guess you could do it. But it seems like the auto leveler would be the way to go just to simplify stuff. Yeah, essentially. I don't okay. know why I just did a commercial for auto levers, but I did. They should be calling. <laughs> and you said that's called what? The BL Touch? BL Auto Touch. BL Auto Touch. All right. Well, that's something to look into. It's for about, sure. It, it. My advice: if you do look into it, make sure you get the correct one for your the the board of the Ender Three. Because the what, first one I bought was for the older ones, and it looked like a pain in the ass to install. Mostly because I, I took apart the Ender 3, put it, it together, and it just realized it was the wrong one. The the upgraded boards, which is I'm assuming mostly what they're selling anymore, is much simpler. You just wire it back through the harness, plug it into the board, and then deal with the uh, the software and it auto. And then you calibrate the bed, and that's it. I just can't believe BLT um, Auto Touch hasn't been taken down by social media people yet. That seems like that would have been me too a long time ago. Nobody likes the Auto Touch. The couple of <laughs> ask, ask first, fellas. No Auto Touch. Also, you are full of PSAs this evening, Kirk. I'm, I'm glad we got. The, I'm glad we can we can share that with everybody. All these PSAs. If I if I have some wisdom to pass along to the if it, if that if we just help one person, well, that's we could have done better. But come on, that's it's all about just he'll tell one person, and then just the world gets a little bit better because of fuse relativity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's uh we'll keep uh pitching it and see how far we can take this. Maybe we'll uh pick up a some sort of sponsorship from this. Who knows? Who knows or just change the world. Either way, way to go for the corporate <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah, bat. No. <laughs> I'm trying to save humanity. Chris is trying to make a couple dollars. Sounds about right. Oh, yeah, have you have you guys sold any new stuff merchandise or selling stuff is it Etsy? Yeah, not so much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's skip that. Then. Then that's a <laughs> moving on. We have been. Uh, I know John's been busy, and I've been, of course, busy with the new baby. So we haven't had a real chance to uh, get much stuff up there. So we're working on it. It's hey, just. Do you think you guys could three D print a switch when your kids are old enough, so they don't have to go cut their own switch? Yeah. No, is that too southern? You guys know what I'm talking about. I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just generally frowned upon nowadays. No more switches. Eh, it's and it's it's ruining the tree too, so we can't deforest. So that's <laughs> unfortunately when he said switch, I thought of the Nintendo I, Switch. I, 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 oh, I thought was... <laughs> of the Nintendo Switch too, and then I was like, oh no, he's, he's going southern, to... southern domestic beating a child thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The, the Nintendo Switch is much more fun. Yes. I imagine. I hope so. If it's not, they should really update it and change it. <laughs> I can't believe I spent $300 on this. Right. And it's as much fun as getting beat by a tree. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not a good system. 
Well, John, I think uh, we could go ahead. Guys, we uh, we usually take a break right now and do Kirk's Corner, but we are going to switch things up, keep you on your toes. And Kirk's Corner will be a little bit later in the episode. So I'm going to talk about it. I'm <laughs> teasing it. That's what I do, Kirk. Um, so <laughs> I'm. it's nice when you point out my teases, too, all the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I, hey, I'm just a fan. Uh, you know what? I'm, a, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in the, sh I'm doing the show, but I'm also listening to the show. So I was like, well, well, yeah. well, well hey, I actually appreciate that. Most of the time, you don't listen to me, so it's. it's well, not... I try not to. It's my doctor <laughs> told me not to. It was wasn't good for my health anymore. Just, my heart, my heart couldn't take it. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to John. He wanted to talk about education this week. So let's see what you got. So I made them watch a video that was about six years old now before the podcast started. I'll put it in chat right now. Um, obviously, if you want to uh, give it a watch, but we're going to we're going to go over this kind of right now. The topic is uh, don't stay in school and it's by a, a youtuber called boy in a band and the premise of it is what fascinates me the most and it, it's not about not staying in school obviously it's more about reevaluating what gets taught in school well, right we, it, it to me it seemed like it was like the we, we learn all the the different crustacean period like these weird scientific things but i don't know how to help a friend with depression or do a checkbook or that was sort of the gist I got. It's like, you're, you're giving us knowledge. We isn't really useful and not sending us into life with the skills that we need was the gist that I got. That's what I took away. And especially going forward, my thought is, you know, high school, me and Chris, I don't know about you, Kirk, but our high school was, um, you know, we got to pick our, classes that we wanted to take we had the mandatories like math english science all that but yeah then the we basic had, core classes yeah but then we had electives to take like i i took architecture in my uh freshman year um there was cnc yes same thing yeah like just with the, I, I took guitar you know what i mean yeah we had we had electives for but sure. there wasn't there wasn't a lot like I had to fight. I remember this because it's something I, I wanted to do. But in middle school, I wanted to go to, what was it, home ec? What was it, cooking, you know, basic, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. basic life skills. And I had to mm -hmm. fight to get into that because they're like, oh, no, you really don't want to take this class. And I'm like, yes, I do. But They were was, trying to steer you away from it? That's odd. Yeah, it. I, I don't, I mean, granted, this was 20 years ago, but that probably more than 20 years ago because it was middle school. Uh, but yeah, they, they just didn't want to, you know, home ec wasn't, it, it really was just sewing and cooking, which. Right. That's what I remember doing. I remember, made, I had a, and I made a, we made a pillow, which I was desperately behind. And then I took it home and then my mom kind of finished it on the sewing machine because I, yeah. So I, I wasn't a good pillow maker. But it was only offered. Which is, it was a good skill. And if my memory serves, it was really only offered to like one grade that could take it. And that was it. There was nothing in high school that was relative to that. 
it was just in middle school. And, you know, I just think with jobs and things going more trade-based, you know, electronic or electronics, electricians, plumbers, stuff like that. And they, they and they keep I, there's a there's a shortage of all of those guys. They say yeah. like they, they go, we can't we can't even find people that like they're I just they're they're paying people to be trained. So there's no even a predator. It's like we, they have to lure them in like, look, we'll pay you $15 so we can teach you the knowledge. So then you could kind of help be our apprentice schlepper guy. And then but you're doing the you're doing the 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 low the the easy jobs and then we can focus on the higher stuff because you don't have the skills yet but we can't even find people to come do that because it's like they go they a lot of manual labor has a bad thing and anything to do with plumbing i think just young kids are like ooh toilets gross like i really think it's to that level of just i don't want a job where i work with toilets and pipes but we're still not there there's no like our high school didn't even have an automotive to my recollection, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but I don't remember them having an automotive. Um, yeah, I think ours was getting phased out. I think, you know, I think that's sort of, and it was like your generation was sort of like, it seemed like recess was getting phased out or, you know, where like that was a possibility of like, or PE or like the electives were getting shrunk just because they didn't have the budgets. Is, is that, because mine was okay, but it's like, it wasn't great, but it was, you could see it kind of going down. You know what I mean? And you guys are a couple years after, so I assume it was even a little worse. Yeah, because I... I was just going to say, I think now, because uh, I know the electives when I was in school were fairly limited. There wasn't a whole lot. But I know that a lot of schools are pushing the STEM aspect a lot more. Uh, you know, science, technology, engineering, and whatever M stands for. Mathematics. Oh. Which anyway. Is, which is fine, but there are still people that aren't STEM. That those are just... all of the things I'm horrible at. I would yeah. hate that. All all of those classes you just said, oh, like there's like math. I was I was hanging in with math, and then like you threw in letters, and I'm like, fuck you, math is numbers. I don't know what you're trying to pull here, but well, and then it, it, but it took it just took a while to click. And, and that's it. It's STEM is great. We need more STEM. It's just not everyone's going to be STEM. You know, not everyone is designed for STEM. The engineer guy, he loves it. You know, they, they, there's that mind. I think it comes. It's it's zeros and ones versus somebody who wants to like paint or like make us write a song or do something like that. I think those are the two brains I've seen. But see, and, and I know Kirk doesn't exactly like programming and whatnot. But at least when I went to high school, there was no real programming aspect of it and granted this was late 90s early 2000s there was no programming and i'm assuming it's changed since then but there just needs to be more practical stuff like and i'm, I'm sure both of you can relate every year there was history i mean how many times did we have to learn the same historical events over and over and over again and I love I mean, history. They had, they had different. I mean, there was, yeah, there were big things they always talked about, but yeah, I don't know. It seemed like there's U.S. history. Here's here's world history. There's a, I don't know. I mean, I did. I don't remember a lot of repeat. I mean, the big events, yes, everybody said, but I don't know. And I don't know, maybe it's, I liked history. Well, so 
and see that's the problem is like i like history too and if you if i went back and said you know what would i have changed with history i would have said nothing because i liked history but at the same time you know yes his you know it's it's not a bad thing to learn history to try and not repeat mistakes that have been done in the past but at a certain point how many times do you need to learn about rome or you know do you need to learn about rome i you know what because i mean history if it if it if history is memorizing dates and events you're it, it, but if you take it as a it's a uh, you're learning about i think it humanizes people and there's sort of a story to it and also there's hopefully there's a bit of relatability that sinks in because it's like okay well i mean even though it was 400 years ago they were still people and they were struggling you know it's like okay it was more of food and defense and stuff but they were still you know i don't know that guy married that guy and they had families and they had thing and that's they fought over this it's it's i think it's like the, the the best history teachers i had were the ones that could almost make it seem like a a story or they could like paint the picture as opposed to just this happened on this date memorize it you know what i mean that's a huge difference see and that's that's a lot of what i remember is just having to remember dates that i've long since forgotten right because those are and it's not practical but like the lessons the lessons learned from the uh, human interaction or just the human psyche or just like, the human repeating itself. Oh, I, I see that pattern in human beings. Hmm. Maybe we should, you know, and then you might be able to at least ease it back a bit or just catch note notice like, Oh, they're just, they're just warring over, or, you know, it's over land or, or, or I don't know, whatever it is, but it's just like, it seems just, it repeats itself. So it's just noticing patterns is a big thing. As like I said, in this, yeah, that so just a history teacher is a good history teacher is ten times better than just a yeah it's just the the dates and I that's it's sad when you take something interesting and suck the fun out of it make it boring so they people can't focus and they don't care about learning it that's that's sad. I'm on both sides of the fence I think on this one because in a sense I I see where you guys are coming from but one you have to have the people to teach the skills Two, you have to basically get people involved you know who are high school kids who are going to change their mind 15 times before they even get out of high school as to what they want to do and granted you might be learning some skills or trades or whatever it might be but uh it could end up being just as much a waste of time in the long run as a history class or a math class but well, and that's the at the end of the video, he said it, it isn't about not making stuff mandatory, or it it's not about it's about not making everything mandatory. Everything should be introduced. So you know, how many kids go through school not realizing that you can be a plumber or an electrician or like for for example, my job that I do right now. I had no idea existed. Yes, I knew people did it, but until I got a job in the hospital working around people, I didn't know it was a thing. So if you're not introduced to something at, at, in high school, just a class and, oh, maybe uh, ceramics or, you know what I mean, or some sort of art painting or, or just, whatever. Uh, hey, I might be, I and yeah, that is true. If you don't try it. And I think that's, 
the part of the, the having having to have the good grades and get into the college. So it's like, no, you have to take exactly this class, these classes to impress the college recruiter to and then get good grades as Which opposed is... to just lear- the like expanding your horizons and like educating yourself which is what it's supposed to do and and even then it's absolute horseshit outside of like ivy leagues like most college kids or high school level kids can graduate and get into whatever college they kind of want to unless yeah colleges want colleges want your money they're gonna yeah yeah they're gonna they come on in we got you unless you're going something hyper focused but then like so in high school, my first major focus was aerospace engineering. And I was focusing very hard on getting into the School of Mines. So I had done calculus too by the time I was a junior. Because I think I took calculus one in the fall and calculus two in the, the spring. Because that was my dead end, you know, I'm going to be an aerospace engineer. And I'm going to the School of Mines. By the time I graduated, I was... A volunteer firefighter and going to uccs for pre-med did you ever was it uh, was it partly burnout because i think that happens to a lot of kids with that i mean school or sports you know they do something since they're four and they just do that and then eventually i think they just get sick of it after a while and they just stop like stop doing it did that was it was burnout a part of it i think burnout of school because um i think a big portion of it was by the time I got to high school, or by the time I was at my senior year in high school, um, I didn't. They didn't have any classes to offer me, so I was one of the first people that was. I don't think I was the first, but I was allowed to take go to Pikes Peak Community College. Community College. I was just about. To, okay, nice. They paid for me Please. to go to EMT school. And oh, there you go. The rest of the time I worked at Walmart because I think I got out of school most days at like noon and then I would just go to Walmart and work. And I think that freedom of not having to be in school really didn't negative affect me. But when I went to UCCS to try and do the pre-med stuff, I was just like, I don't I don't want to deal with four more years of this bullshit. Well, yeah, well, and it's just you were like, and it's like if you were in that routine and in that habit, and that's all you know for years, then you don't know anything else. So when you get a little different taste, you're kind of like, whoa, hey, you know what I mean? Because like when you're in it, I think you just got the blinders on and you don't know any difference. Well, but you, yeah. And see, and that's what I understand. That's my other big problem with school that I wanted to talk about was, you know, we send kids to school five days a week for, you know, eight hours a day where it's essentially a full-time job from the day they're five until the day they're 18. Well, to, to me, my theory, it's, it's, I, it's, maybe this sounds a little negative, but like, it seems like school is just, it sets you up to step into a boring nine to five job. Essentially, cause it's like, look, you're younger. So you go to, you can't last the full eight hours, but you go from like eight to two or eight to two thirty. you go to, you, you have a supervisor who tells you what to do and you just shut up. Don't cause waves. Just do what they say. Just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it seems like, and then you just, all right, well, I did that. And like semesters, you do it for a year. And then hopefully if you work for a corporation and you have a mindless job, you do a job and maybe they promote you in a year. So it's like a, just a new, to me, it's a, it just sets you up to step into a office job. 
Maybe that being negative. Even then, but... Well, no. I mean, I'm assuming, A, it's part daycare. B, it's part, yeah, getting you ready for the working world. But they don't actually get you ready for the working world. Just the uh, pattern. Just the schedule. Yeah. That's all See, they're doing. They're just laying the groundwork. And that's why I obviously not advocating for everyone but my kids are in online school um and honestly if i had the choice i absolutely would have done that instead of going to real or regular school right you don't have to deal with the uh, i mean the douchebags and the, the knowing you, i mean you don't have to go there I, and especially it seems like all there's so many jobs nowadays most of the jobs your kids are going to be getting are most likely working from home or i mean in an office on a computer so well, they better get used to computers, which they already love. Well, and it's just the, you know, society pretty much dictates and is reliant on those high school students coming out of jobs and going straight into low-level retail while they go to school or do whatever until they get the, you know, higher-up job. But, I don't know, it's just... I'm not a big fan of how schools are run. Well, here, here just uh, you mentioned that. Just here's a, a. I remember when I went to college and when I came out of college, I was a, trying to get jobs at places, and like the people that just uh, high school just went straight into like working at Costco, say, were like now like the managers at the places I was applying for. You know what I mean? Like so, like yeah. they. And, but th there's something to say. Just like and like college isn't for everybody, and I think it's oversaturating. There's too, there's too many majors that don't there's not jobs for anyway so it just seems like a it's almost uh it's just become a societal norm where if you don't go to college you're going to be a bum in a ditch making four dollars an hour like you know oh. i mean that's like the sales pitch of guidance counselors it seems that's all yeah i was gonna say that's always what they they push out the is money go to go to a four-year college and it's like yeah no i i agree that college is necessary and like for my kids, I they're going to hopefully go to a community college first. Just to it get... saves you money. Take care of the base. That's yeah. smart. English one hundred and one. Why would you? You don't have to go to a big university. Knock it out at a community college. That's just yeah. That's good. Because and that was the mistake I think I made is I went straight to the four year college, and hated it. And then I went to the community college where you know it's not. You're not having to have that almost high school-esque workload right off the bat if you don't want to. And it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, well, they said it was high school. I mean, community college, they said it was high school with ashtrays for a little bit. Because it just, I mean, it was, a, it was a little step up and it just didn't have the, just the expense and the, I don't know, the pomp but, and circumstance, just kind of the... They it just to me. It, it, they didn't seem like it took it too seriously, not in a bad way. But they didn't take themselves too seriously. Like it's, a th it's like, hey, no, you're gonna you're gonna learn some skills. This is good. Let's do this. Well, and it's and a great way to save money. Most community colleges are the schools that teach you the trades. You're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna go to UCCS and learn how to be a plumber. You are gonna go to Pikes Peak and learn how to be a plumber. You know, it's the the four year colleges are great for those bachelors and those degrees to get you into the you know doctor and all those extreme i don't know where i'm going with this I, i'm just thinking phds uh, whereas you know the community colleges you know 
I had was going for an associate's in fire service. I was going for an associate's in um, paramedicine. I was going for an associate's in smaller, smaller class sizes. You can get more in for you can get a little back and forth with the teachers. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. I mean, when you get like eighty, hundred, like nice twenty, thirty, you know, classroom. That's that's what I remember community college being. It's starting to feel like an infomercial for National American University. Yeah, in my head. What's your thoughts, Chris? You haven't said much. I'm against education. That's I don't need no. If you think you're better than me with your book learning, that's what Chris knows. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I was kind of letting you. You guys seem to be on a pretty good roll with how you felt about it. I'm kind of on the opposite side. I mean, I'm more of the put your boots on the ground. If you want to be a plumber, go you know, train under a plumber. You know, if you want to be a construction guy, go to con work for a construction uh, company, start by holding the stop sign and work your way up. I happened to find a job that I do pretty well in and I went to college. I didn't finish college. I met my wife in college. That was the best thing that could have possibly You got happened. something out of college. Nice. <laughs> I did. Um, but in the same token, I was always, you know, I didn't, I landed in a job that had nothing to do with my college. Uh, yeah, they and, rarely seem to match up, you know, or a, a lot of times. Completely unrelated field. I would say I'm the opposite, but I went to school for a trade, and now I'm working that trade. And that's fine, you know, if, if you want to go to school with an, a clear idea of what you want to do, which is something that you said, hey, I want to be a x-ray tech, and that's what I'm going to do. And but, you are now an x-ray tech. See, Kudos for that. But my problem is it's kind of the same pit. You know, why not go get paid to do something and find out that you may not like it rather than go to school for two years and get into the job and realize, oh, this sucks. I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. Well, and see that kind of fits into to what I was why I brought up the video and everything is I don't think everyone should be I think everyone should be introduced to a wide variety of potential trades. I'm not saying teach high schoolers how to be plumbers. What I'm saying is have a class that's these are the types of trade jobs that are available. Not a class where it's like, "Oh, hey, this is what you're going to be doing," but having it to where Kind of like the job fairs that they try and throw where, you know, a hundred different companies come in and try and recruit you. But having it as a class where you're exposed to all the different types of uh, potential trade jobs. Yeah, well, even so, it just seems like just like, I mean, not here, here's, you know, here's how to be a plumber class, but it's just like, here's, here's some tools. I think if you get to see, like, I think it, taking the mystery away, take because I think a lot of people put certain, uh, like, you know, fixing your car or tools or ele like electrical stuff, I think they put it in the category of that's way too fancy or, or just complicated. I'll screw it up. I don't know how to do it. But and then they never even see a wrench. But it's like, all right, there's a wrench. This is what a wrench does. At least they're familiar because I think a lot of stuff is just being afraid you're going to break it. And I think if you just tell, show, look, you're not going to. You know, you can do a, you can unscrew this and hinge that. Nothing exploded. You know what I mean? Oh. You're fine. I, I think that so something like that would be at least a basic step in the right direction. 
and I think just getting people exposed to the different types of jobs. Because like I said, you know, obviously I knew x-ray techs existed, didn't have any clue of how to become one or what they did or, you know, all right. of that until I started working. And you still don't. <laughs> but I mean, if you, that's kind of my thought is you have to, we need to start showing kids what type of jobs are out there. Like, right. It not necessarily. You can't, all, you can't be all internet influencers. A couple of you, you might have to get jobs. Yeah, I, it's just we need to start, and that's kind of the point: is preparing kids for the real world. And that was the point of the video: was we don't go over anything like first aid or, you know, mental health yeah. or anything like right. that. I, I never viewed school as the place to get educated and smarter. I viewed it as a thing to navigate, to get the, I, you know, get out and get a good, or get grades and get a scholarship. And just, it was just sort of like a precursor to a, just a job. You know what I mean? Just, you got to put your head down, just get through it. Just, you know, why fight it? Just like, it's easier if you just go and just knock it out. It's really not that hard if you just show up. It's really, it wasn't that taxing. I'm like the, uh, you know, once again, the like 70 year old man. And I'm going, isn't it more fun sometimes just to figure, have to figure it out on your own. Don't have someone holding your hand all the way through it. Plenty True. of people have, plenty of people have figured it out over the last century. So I feel like, yes, we can hold kids hands, but when does it stop? And well, sometimes you're going to trip and fall, but if you can get back up and figure it out. You learn from that, I think, just as much as someone telling you, hey, uh, this is how you get a mortgage. Um, you're probably going to want to get a fixed rate. Don't. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, but until you do it and you you learn what you're getting into, it's a lot different than someone telling you. Right. Yeah. If it's like in the theory, like if you're if you if you're not doing it now, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to remember any of that stuff. But if yeah, you, if you're actually doing it and learn, you learn by actually doing it. I'm with you. Well, and not yeah. everyone has that drive. You've got to remember that too. There are people out there that just don't have that drive to fix. You know, just do what you do. Well, then they shouldn't have a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> See, I'm the, like I said, I'm the, I'm the get off my lawn kind of guy. And it's just, you know, that's kind of why I'm, I'm like, you know what? I see your points and they're valid. And I understand that, yes, we could help younger generation out, give them a little bit of help. I'm all for that, but let's not make them too soft to where we're having to, baby them all the way through the process and then you know what happens when they get a job that they hate and then they start blaming the people who taught them or you know yeah, but that it's a slippery now. slope you're still giving benjamin food right you haven't cut him off from that <laughs> right he hasn't you haven't you haven't made him get a job yet <laughs> a, uh a kid <laughs> delilah's working that's all i'm saying oh that's good uh, I imagine bouncer. I'm picturing a bouncer uh, at a country bar. <laughs> I don't know why. Eh, they passed her over for that one. Oh, darn it. It's all who you know. <laughs> but anyway, 
Uh, yes, I do see where you're coming from. It just, I think there's a very fine line between helping and hurting. And that oh, would have I, to, be, you know, it just have to be something that would have to be drawn out to the point where, you know, we get a little better idea of how these things are going to affect people before we just start well, randomly implementing it. I'm just saying, like I said, not forcing kids to learn trades in high school. I'm just saying having classes that are designated to teaching about the different types of trades. Especially the ones that are more, you know, unique. Like, I don't know if you remember, but growing up, I always wanted to be a garbage man. Until, you know, everyone was... Because growing up, being a garbage man was seen as, you know, low end. And yet they make more than most teachers do. Right. You know, it's it's something that we should be looking into as in just showing kids what's out there. Not necessarily, you know, pushing them into it, but just showing them, hey, this is what you can do. It's up to you if you right. want to do it ex or not. You expose it. Yeah, just expose them to stuff. That's what that's what you're supposed to do. And then they hopefully they'll something will catch their fancy and then they, they'll gravitate exactly. towards that. I'm not saying, you know, guide them through it, but if you show kids that you know, the wide worth of jobs that are out there outside of cooking food and running retail, it'll give them a chance to say, hey, I kind of want to try that. I didn't even know that existed. That sounds like fun. And if they fail, then they can go on to do something else. But at least we are exposing them to jobs that are out there that aren't as well known. Sure. Like I said, I, <clears throat> I see the premise and I'm all for certain aspects, but I don't think you're going to sway me on this one. And I still don't like that guy on the video. He was pretty annoying. <laughs> well, hey, uh, John, that was very good actual conversation. I, I liked the topic. I just kept quiet because I maybe disagreed just a little bit. But let's jump over to Kirk's corner and see if he can lighten things up a little bit. All right. Uh, All right. To forewarn, I did not change anything. Once again, mostly just headache today and wasn't feeling too hot yesterday, so it's the same as last week. Next week, John. Come I know. on. But come on. I'll be quiet for just a second. All right. Well, I thought uh Kirk's corner, we I we talked about one of the weeks ago we did uh, I talked about being a substitute teacher. So, I thought it was it was time for another job. Uh, just basically, if you've ever done any artistic stuff, you just take whatever job you can get. So, I I've, I've had a lot of them just to do so I can I could do stand up. So, uh this one I want to talk about, I was a busser at a uh, restaurant and uh have you seen uh you know the uh Slam and Salmon? You know that movie? The yes. uh yes the high end fancy very kind of uh a little douchey but expensive clubby kind of restaurant um that's where I worked I worked at a high end like I mean people were racking up thousand dollar tabs it was insane um probably the coolest thing you know, as a baseball guy you like this one time uh Bob Costas walked in with uh, Joe Torrey and they had a meal and like I got to actually. Just hearing Bob Costas' voice 10 feet from you is weird because you're like, that's the guy from the TV, and he's there. Yeah, that's a cool story. 
So yeah, but so, so anyway, so high end place. Um, and like, yeah, Steven Seagal popped in. That was weird. Um, anyway, so it was interesting folks. Um, but just as a buster, it was me and a sea of uh, little, uh, it was in Arizona. So it's me and a sea of Mexican buster guys. And uh, they called me the BFG. That was their nickname for me because it was, uh, it stood for big friendly gringo. Um, pretty much because I was the only one who could reach shit on the top shelf. You know, they're like, hey, can you grab that? I'm like, of course I can, my little Hispanic friend. There you go. There you go. Um, no, don't. They, you can, they were not busting my balls at all, I'm sure. You know, the only white guy walking. Not, they were not making fun of me at all. Um, actually, yeah, but I was like, I was 29 at the time. I was 29, and, like, I didn't have, you know, no kids or anything. Like, try explaining to your Mexican buster buddies that you're 29 and you don't have any kids. Like, they just didn't, they never... It's like they knew those words, but just not in that order. They're like, so you have uh, no kids. Uh, so they're in the car. They're not in the car. Uh, zero niños. Um, and then uh, actually, the day, you know how I knew I made it? The day I knew I made it was when the, the Mexican bussers would complain to me about the other white bussers that they didn't like. When they brought in a new guy and it was a white guy and he wasn't handling it. They started like, man, this gringo sucks. And I'm like, I know, wait a sec. I should be offended, but I was honored that they didn't put me in that cat. You know what I mean? They're like, no, you're one of us. You you made the cut. Because I remember one day, like the Chetto, this 43-year-old, like the, the silverback of the, the busters, like just one day after I've been working there for months, he just he just stood next to me and he goes, he goes, you work hard. And I'm like, he did not want to say that. You know what I mean? Like, I earned that. Like, <laughs> that's that's like when I knew I was in. Um, and we actually, there, we, for a while, we had an Asian buster, but he, like, when he would give people water, he would just do it drop by drop in the middle of their forehead until they went crazy. And I'm like, yes, put it in the glass. Oh. What? <laughs> Chinese to water torture. Nothing? Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. All right. All right. How about, okay. So there was a dessert. People would ask me, like, I was the buster, and they would still ask me questions. They're like, what's the difference between the, the uh, sin, the sin chocolate cake? And the death by chocolate. And I'm like, I don't know, eternal damnation, I guess. I think that would be the... <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually... And uh, not to do with this, another restaurant. It was a, I went to a Middle Eastern restaurant, and uh, they didn't have any silverware. So I was like, I had to ask the waiter. I had to call the waiter over. And I'm like, excuse me, is this my salad finger? And is this my meat finger? Okay, the only <laughs> reason for that joke was so I could say meat finger. Okay, moving on. <laughs> two, two more. Um... <laughs> Oh, it was just odd working, like working in a red, like I had to get my food handler's card to work at this thing. And I'm not sure if you ever had to do a food handler's card, but like everybody tells you it's the easiest job. It's the, it's the easiest test. An idiot, a monkey, Chris, you, you know, like you step above a gorilla, right? You could knock it out. So, uh, I showed up to take the test and it was, I already I had a college degree and I failed the food handler's card test because everybody told me it was easy. So I didn't even, you know what I mean? Like they oversold it. And I actually failed it. I failed it twice. I had to take the food handler's card test three times with my college degree. It's just odd to like on your wall. There's like, there's my college degree and there's my food handler's card. I'm like, I thought, I thought I was supposed to get that one. So I didn't have to get that one. I only, took, I, I, only took me three tries. Three tries. I wasn't, you know, could have been four, I guess. But uh, <laughs> meat fingers. Yeah. You know what? I think that was. That about wraps it up. But yeah, so that was so the the buster thing. It was fun 
for a while, but uh, had to move on to greener pastures. I forget what the next one was. I'll have to think of it next week. Stay tuned to see what my next job would be. I really like hearing about all your jobs just because you've had so many. It's it's sort of like I rode the rails. You know what I mean? Like I got like a knapsack over my shoulder sort of, but I just go from job to job to town. Last about what? Right, like, like, hey, do you want some benefits? I'm like, ho, ho, hey, let's uh, let's get a little close here. I gotta go. <laughs> Getting a little clingy job. Exactly. Like they, they when they well they go, do you want to? They they go, do you want to sign up for a 401k program? I'm like, there is no way I can run that far. That's <laughs> uh, that is too many k's. Can we say a fun run? <laughs> anyway, John, I'm a, I think I heard you there that you yeah. are back. So we will round out the episode with a little bit of off topic and uh, I'll yeah, go ahead and screw it up this week. Nice. That's always good. Wait. But I figured I would uh, start off with mine uh, just to throw out some stuff here. And it was a fun story about a lobster diver off of Cape Cod who got swallowed by a whale. He was diving, of course, for lobsters, and I think he was like 45 meters down, somewhere around there, and a whale came up and just swallowed him whole. Yep. And, yeah, this seems like, like that's a terrible way to uh, just swimming along a oh, whale. What are the odds? Seriously. Do you think the whale just like was trying to get like other stuff and he just, oh, what? Or do you think, I do think he was aimed for him? Because it seems like a whale, you're just like, hey, I'm going for krill or whatever, you know, the fish they eat. And he just got sucked up in it. Yeah, pretty much. I In the story, it said that whales feed by like going really fast and just intaking everything that's in front of them. Right. And then they just spit out whatever they don't want. And so I'm assuming he just got caught up in the uh, in the wake of that. And interesting note that whales don't have, they have huge mouths, but their throats aren't big enough to swallow a human. So this guy said- You got it stuck that, in his throat. <laughs> no, no. He, uh, he basically said that he got sucked into the whale's mouth and thought he was, you know, dying until he realized right. that there was no teeth and that he wasn't in any pain. So he said that he was just stuck in this whale's mouth, completely dark for, I think it was 30 seconds, until the whale was like, oh God, what is this? And went to the surface and basically spit him out. I liked it the first time when he was called Jonah. Okay, can I say <laughs> that, Denny? <laughs> um, yeah, and he would, yeah. That's an odd. Well, yeah. and when I first read it, I thought it said lobster driver. I didn't. I read it wrong, so I thought it was like, like, what the hell is a lobster driver? That, and then I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. So that, it, it stumped me at the beginning. But that's a yeah, just like what bad luck to get hawked. To do you think he made the hawk loogie sound? I really hope so. I you mean, just kind of had to patoo him. You know, if you're gonna swallow a human and then spit him out, you might as well make the loogie sound. I mean, might as well, because yeah, I'm, I'm sure he didn't taste great. No, imagine he, 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 he wasn't less filling either. Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah, he did an AMA and uh, 
Yeah, he said it was about 30 seconds in. Whale just came up behind him. He didn't even know it was there. If it was me, if it was me, the whale would have turned around and hooked it the other way. So, yeah, he's like, I'm not putting that in my mouth. That's a hor- I don't know what that is. That's a toxic waste dump. But yeah, that was my fun story. I came across it and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fun, and nobody got hurt, so ended up just fine. And the guy got swallowed by a whale, which probably one of the few people who could say that that guy i was about to say that's like an odd you know that guy will have an interesting story so what did you do oh, i got swallowed by a whale okay there's got to be a lot of follow-up questions to that <laughs> if you let that lie you're just a bad friend you're really not interested <laughs> at least it'll be good for a, a free beer or two back on the on the in the cape right gotta, he roots for the uh the whalers from now on he's scared to root for the hockey team Well, John, did you have a story lined up for us this week? I did not. I wasn't sure if you did or not, so I was just asking in case I needed to throw it to Kirk, because I know he has one that he can bring up. Yeah, no problem. You got a headache. You don't have to do the end of the thing. <laughs> you, made, you made it through the whole show with a headache. You don't have to do the story. That seems fair. All right. <laughs> uh, my story, actually, it was a book. Uh, there was a, in Indiana... Uh, somebody mailed back a library book that was 52 years overdue. So that just blew my mind. Just somebody checked out a book and it was Little Men, which I don't know. I'm assuming it's about midgets. I'm not sure, but I don't know what Little Men is. It's like a children's book. But I guess the the girl, like, I just like the fact that somebody checked it out and then kept it that long. And she just goes, oh, I like the book. So I just, I just, and it moved to Tennessee and all over the country this book had like an interesting life. And then it was like, uh, yeah, I'm done with it after 52 years. I guess I problem is sad thing is she didn't have to finish it. Like, <laughs> Come on. You had it for 50. And, uh, Chris books are things that people read. There's words <laughs> and it's not, there's not, it's not, if it was covered in cheese dust, you might take a pass at don't eat it, but they're books. They're not, no, I was kidding. <laughs> I would not have like to be the one to pay those late fees. You would, yeah. At a certain point now, she 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 uh, like she owns the library now. Well, I guess what happened? The lady actually she, with the book, she sent like a donation. It didn't say what it was, and then the, and, and the story that actually goes, uh, it the book was so old it wasn't even in the computer system anymore because they didn't have one when they checked it out. So it wasn't even on their radar. So they said they would just charge her five bucks. <laughs> so she yeah. got a bargain. She got a bargain for that book. In my head, I'm like. After 52 years, it almost seems more like a slap in the face to send it back because you're basically saying, hey, I took this book 52 years ago and I didn't have any intentions of sending it back. But nah, I changed my mind. You can have it. I got my use out of it. I drained it of its knowledge. You can have it back, I guess. Yeah, I can see it. That's kind of a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, she could have just capped it. Nobody would have ever thought about it ever again and now it's a story that we're talking about on our podcast yes well i think that was i think that was number 15 i think that uh yeah episode 15 i'm i keep getting blown away by the numbers you know you think about like 
when we started this thing and now we're already on episode 15 it's been kind of a whirlwind yep no every every week we've been uh, steady and uh i'm still enjoying it so that's always a good you know like to enjoy what you're doing yeah for sure and the uh, baseball was enjoyable too so when we start doing that too uh You'll have to uh, follow us on that because that was that was a good baseball convert sports conversation for yeah, like an hour. On uh, I think it was Wednesday. Me and me and Kirk did a little stream, uh, baseball stream where we discussed sports kind of all over the place. But uh, turned out it was really fun and it was good conversation about sports. So if you're into that, we'll probably do that again this week. And um, I watched me play some really bad baseball but well i can i can't hit but i can pitch so it's just half bad how about that there you go that's or you could say half good if you want to be positive if you want to be optimistic mr downer hey i still won the game so that's true you did pulled it out well with that uh for me, Chris, John, and Kirk, we'll go ahead and sign off for the episode 15, but we do look forward to seeing you next week, episode 16, and I hope everybody has a good evening.